All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is November 17th, 2022 and week 198. If you're new around here, this is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, as you can see from the title, was another question and it asks, do you believe in Jesus? So we're going to take a deep dive into the scriptures and see what they are saying about this topic. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. So we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. As usual, we will start by going into a word of prayer. So if you guys have an opportunity to bow your heads, um, join in with us and pray along with us. Gracious Lord, thank you for being a God that you are, being the, the only God, the one true God of all the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Lord, we thank you for how you've loved us, how you've shown us unconditional love, Lord, and how um even while we were yet sinners, Lord, you sent Jesus to die for us. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, first and foremost. Lord, help us to never take any moment that you give us for granted, Lord, understanding that people are leaving here day and night, Lord. And, and so we thank you, Lord, for us being here. Lord, help us to uh, be holy. Help us to follow your word wholeheartedly, Lord. Just help us to grow into being the people that you're calling for us to be. Lord, we understand that it's a journey. We understand that uh, it's a process and it takes time, Lord. But help us day by day to continually grow and be better. No matter what happens to us in this life, Lord, help us to remember that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. Lord, we're praying for the Bible study tonight that your word would go forth, Lord, that we would all decrease and you alone would increase. Lord, we're praying that uh, you would lead and guide us into all truth, Lord. Just open our eyes, open our understanding, Lord. Uh, just bless us to hear your word. So, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your fantastic name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, do you believe in Jesus? Um, I thought about this because if if you were to... Uh, talk to really just a lot of people worldwide. So many people would, uh, e even if the person isn't, you know, faithfully going to church, faithfully attending Bible studies, um, doing religious things, if you will, even if a person isn't doing uh, various religious things, many people would testify and say that they are a Christian, they identify as a Christian, um, and that they believe in Jesus. And so my the, the question that came to my mind recently is, um, of course, do you believe in Jesus? And then from that point on, what is it that you believe in? What is it that Jesus believed in? What is it that he teaches that you believe in? You know, I, I thought about uh, Hitler, and I've used this example before. I believe that he existed because a lot of times people, people declare that they believe that Jesus existed and that he died for their sin. You know, I believe Hitler existed. I believe he actually lived this earth um, and did a lot of the, uh, cruel things that was said of him. But the thing is, I don't agree with what he taught. I don't agree with the things that he stood by. And so when it comes to Jesus, what is it that he taught that we believe? Uh, because so many people declare that we believe in him, and that's good. But my question is, and something I want people to think about, not to uh, challenge you or, or upset you or, or fight you con uh, to be contentious or anything of that nature. I'm just wondering, what is it that he taught 
that you believe in so much? That's my question. What thing did he teach you that you adhere to? You know, so I, I'm, I'm thinking about these things. And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this situation and I want to go to John chapter three, um, very popular verse. Uh, pick up John chapter three and verse 16 for us, Mel. All right. We have a few comments. Um, Kara says, if I can get to Praise the Lord. Greetings to all of you. Casey says, praise the Lord. Blessings to you all. And we have a couple of more. Um, David says, praise the Lord, everyone. Hope you're having a great day in the Lord. And also, Sister Betty, she also says, praise the Lord. So praise the Lord to all of you guys. Thank you for the early comments. And again, thank you for tuning in. Hope you get something out of the message. So going along with the scripture, John chapter 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, we all want this everlasting life. And so, so many of us, which is a good thing, we declare that we believe in Jesus. We want everlasting life. This sounds like a good thing. We know he told us he was coming to bring us life and that more abundantly. And so, we declare that we believe in him. But what is it that we really believe in? What is What does he teach? Name some things that he's taught us that we now say, hey, I believe in that. You know, I, I think about a group of people that was back there in Jesus's day. And Jesus began to teach some things and say some things and these people were followers of him. They were disciples of him. But after he said some things they did not believe in, those people turned and walked away from him. They turned and walked with him no more, the scripture declares. So we're declaring that we believe in him, but once we learn about the things that he taught. Do we actually believe in him? But it first takes us to learn what he taught. So I want to look at a few things tonight because we know God gave him as a gift to help us so that we can be saved. But if he's given as a gift to help us, then there had to have been a problem. There had to have been some reason God wanted to send Jesus. There had to have been a reason. But do we know what that reason is? Tonight, many of us that say we believe in him, that's good. But why did Jesus have to die for us in the first place? Why did he need to come and do what he did? In the first place, have we ever thought about this? And if you say you haven't, that's okay. We're going to look at this tonight together. So I hope uh, you stick with us because uh, these are some things we need to know as we uh, embark on this journey. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We, we know this, but why did God need to give him? So what is he trying to teach us here? What is he trying to show us? So um, we're going to move. Let's go. Let, let's first go to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1 and 21. We're going to be talking about this tonight. Do you believe in Jesus? But in order to answer that, we have to know what Jesus taught us. We have to know what principles he lived by and stood by. We know some basic things. We know he, he wanted us to love one another. We know that. What else? There has to be more. You know, Jesus was not the only person that came here and talked about love. We find many people talk about love. But what was different about Jesus? Why do we believe in him? What did he teach us? So 
I want to go to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. Um, I'm hoping and praying God would uh, lead me in the direction I need to go because so many things came to my mind when thinking about this topic. Um, um, but I'm, I'm praying that God would give, give me the relevant things for tonight because, uh, of course, we will never get to everything in one night. We won't get to everything <laughs> in our entire lifetime. So I'm looking for the things of God for tonight uh, to satisfy us. So let's pick up Matthew chapter one and verse 21 and begin to look at the life of Jesus, the one we believe in. Let's read now. And she shall bring forth a son and thou shall call his name Jesus. Talking about Mary bringing forth Jesus. We know about this. What else does it say, Melvin? For he shall save his people from their sins. Read that again for us. That last part there. For he shall save his people from their sins. For he shall save his people from their sins. There is a problem that existed in mankind that still exists in mankind. Jesus believed in this now. He came down here to save us from this problem. You know, anytime we have a problem in life, we we contact someone to save us from it. Like if you have a flat tire, you're going to contact someone who can save you from that problem, who can help you get past that problem to who can help you resolve that problem or if they can't resolve you want them to help you get through that problem jesus he was born here and she shall and she shall bring forth a son thou shalt call his name jesus for he shall save his people from their sin he's trying to save us from our problem We have a problem. This is what Jesus believed now. This is what he, do you believe this though? Do you believe that sin in our lives is a problem? Do you believe this? See, we we declare we believe in Jesus, but this was his life's work. Summed up in one sentence, even what we just read, for God so loved the world, even God loved us so much that he gave Jesus to save us. This was Jesus's life work to save us from our sins. Sin is a problem. But you know what? We don't see it the same way. I'm I'm trying to get you to think about, do you really believe in Jesus? Because in order to believe in him, we have to begin to change our minds into thinking the way he thinks. That's what being a follower is. Sin, look, look, I, I was thinking about it earlier. You know what? Let's go here. Let's actually run over somewhere. Um, I I, want to do some running tonight. I I try to slow down on running to a lot of of scriptures, but um, flip over to the book of Romans chapter 6, I believe. Romans chapter 6. Yeah, Romans 6 and verse 23. Jesus came to save us from this problem. Romans 6 and 23. We're going to deal with something Jesus believed in tonight. And so by the end of this, we have to examine ourselves and see if we believe the same way that Jesus believed. That's the only way we believe in him. Because, again, if all we declare is that we believe Jesus Christ died for us, there's really not much at all, to be honest with you. See, I believe in Adolf Hitler. I believe this man existed. But the question is, do I think the way he thinks? 
Do I think that his life's work was valuable? Do I think what he did, do I believe in that? Do I believe that was right? I don't believe so. So when we begin to examine the life of Jesus, we have to look at his life. You know, uh, it's, it's election. Well, we just did some elections uh, here in the United States. And, you know, people pick candidates who they believe in. Not, not if you believe that they, that they exist as a human being. Not that you believe that they're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent party, whatever. You're looking at this person and seeing how they think to determine if you believe in them or not. You determine, do I agree with their standards? Do I agree with their morals? Do I agree with how they side on different issues? That's what determines if you believe in someone. So when it comes to Jesus, we've gotten it twisted. We declare that we believe in him, but we actually don't know what he stood for. We don't know what he taught. We don't know what values he stood behind. But it tells us, we just read in Matthew 1 and 21, he was born to save his people from their sins. This was his Number one agenda. This this was the, the, the bill that he wanted to get pushed through Congress, through the House of Representatives. He wanted to push this, this bill that said, look, I want to save people from their sins. This was his agenda. This was his mission to save us from our sins. But you know what? We don't understand why we need to be saved from our sins. A lot of times people look at sins and we say, well, I'm not hurting anybody. <laughs> I'm not murdering anybody. I'm not being violent towards anybody. There's more sins than murder. But remember, Jesus came to save us from our sins. So I'm asking you, with that in mind, Do you believe in him? Once you begin to understand this thing more and more, you will determine if you believe in him or not. So pick it up for us here, Melvin. Matthew, excuse me, Romans 6 and 23. Read this verse for us. For the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, Uh our Lord. Again, we find Jesus being connected to sin. Again, we find, and I'm going to go and show you some things Jesus actually said, because I know somebody wants to see some red writing. We're going to look at it. But Jesus came to save us from our sin. Here we find the wages of sin is death. What he came to save us from was death. Because our sin will cause us to die spiritually and even physically. That's what our sin calls us to do. What you will be repaid for when you sin is death. But Jesus came so that we would not have to experience spiritual death. That means all of eternity in hell, all of eternity in the lake of fire, all of eternity separated from God. That's what he came to save us from. That's what he came for. So now I'm showing you this because I want you to think about, do you believe in Jesus? But first, we have to know what his plan was. See, when we, when we look for a president, when we look for a governor, uh, some, some politician, we want to know what their plan is. <laughs> we want to know what, what, what are they trying to accomplish? This was Jesus' goal 
to save us from our sin. So now somebody said, that sounds good. I don't want to die. We don't like death. (laughs) But we have to understand what it's going to take for us to accomplish this. So we're going to go now. Now that we understand Jesus' mission was to save us from our sins. Now that we understand the wages of sin is death. You know, I, I want to I see Jesus himself paint us a picture here. Uh, run over, Melvin. Let's run over. Uh, run over to the book of Luke, chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 and verse 30. Now, this is Jesus because I know we're ready to see some radio writing. (laughs) Jesus now, he's everywhere he went, he was still teaching with the same goal in mind to save us from our sin. You know, if you save someone from something, You're trying to take it away from them. You're trying to get them to not have that same problem any longer. Look, if I've heard I've heard stories about people uh, talking about how uh, made up story about someone being uh, their house was surrounded and flooded with water, and they were on the rooftop of their home, and uh, they. They were sent ahead, prayed to God for God to send them uh, a way to escape. And someone would show up in a boat to save them. I'm just using this example to show you something. When that boat arrives, it's to save them from death. But in order to save them, they have to take them from the situation that they're in. They have to. If a person is drowning because a person can't swim or or they're too tired and they've been swimming for so long and now they begin to drown, in order to save them, you got to pull them out the water. You got to get them a, a, a life jacket, something to help them to not go underneath and be drowned. That's how you save them. So if Jesus came to save us from our sins, He got to help us to overcome them. He has to help us to turn away from them. This was his life's goal. To help us to overcome our problems. Scripture said, lay aside every weight and the sin that's troubling you, that's holding you back, that's drowning you, that's pulling you under. That's what Jesus came to save us from. You know, the scripture told us, we just read it in the book of Romans chapter 6 and 23. He said, the wages of sin is death. You know, sin is responsible for more death than any any other disease in this world. We can talk about heart attacks, strokes, uh, any any disease in this world is the leading cause of death. Look, if, you know, if Jesus could have been uh, some type of healthcare representative, he would have came around to tell us about this. He would have promoted salvation from our sins, which is what he did. Because it's the number one leading cause of death in the world. You know, every now and then uh, you you see uh, someone from the health field, uh, whether it's someone who exercises a lot. You know, they, they come around, they talk to you about the different fruits you should be eating. They talk about how, how much exercise you should uh, get. Uh, talk about all these different things. Somebody who works on teeth, they talk about how often you should brush your teeth. Good toothpaste to use. Use the mouthwash. All these different things, flaws, all these different things to save us from the problems that are out there if we don't help ourselves. 
This is what Jesus came here for. He's trying to save you. This is the number one leading cause of death. Read for us, Mel. Luke 5 and verse 30. All right, two more content, uh, comments, uh, Sister Rosie and Sister Cynthia. Also say uh, praise the Lord. So praise the Lord to you too, and thank you for tuning in. Um, Luke chapter 5 and verse 30, but their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? They, these religious people spotted Jesus eating with sinners. Same people he came to save. He was eating with them. And they spoke against him and asked, why are y'all doing this? He what Jesus had to say, Melvin. And Jesus answering said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. My God. He said, the people who are already healthy, they don't need to be at the doctor's office. They don't need to go and have blood tests run, CT scans and MRIs. The people who are already healthy, they don't need to go to the doctor and have a surgery. Jesus said, those who are already whole, they don't need a physician. But those who are sick, they're in need of something. Jesus recognized our sickness. I'm trying to tell you tonight, this is what Jesus believed in. Do you believe this, though? There is a sickness in our world called sin. This is what Jesus is trying to tell us. He said, I came not to call the righteous. Those people already trying to live right. Those people already who are doing the very best they can, doing what God already told them to do. He said, I'm not coming to talk to the people that are already on the right track. Who did he come to talk to? He said, the sinners, I'm coming to call them to repentance, to save them from their sin. Don't continue doing something that's hurting you. You know, when a person develops high blood pressure and they go to the physician and they're told to take high blood pressure medicine, blood thinners, um, and given a diet, they're trying to save that person from dying. And if they don't, if the person doesn't take heed, the person ultimately uh, will have a lot of problems. But in order to save them, now the person has to eat differently. The person has to take different medication. The person has to exercise, do all these different things in order to be saved. This is what Jesus is dealing with. He came to save us from our sins. But it's going to take us to change our diet, to change what we eat. It's going to take us to take the medication. It's going to take us to do all the necessary things because we have a problem. See, we have to admit we got this problem. After we study, you got to study the life of Jesus and see he came here to help us with our problem. We are sinners. Every last one of us have committed sin continually. But you know what? He said, he, read verse 32 again for us, Mel. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. There's two groups. There is a group who is righteous and there is a group who is who are sinners. You know, people say all the time, they say, well, we're all sinners. No, we have all sinned. We are not all sinners. There is a righteous group and there is a group of sinners. We got to believe this because Jesus says so, not because Tony says so. This is what he taught. 
He said, I'm not coming to call the righteous people, those who are already doing what God told them. He said, I'm calling, I'm coming to call the sinners so that those sinners can become righteous, so that they can change, so that they can repent. I'm trying to save them from their sin because the wages of sin is death. So do you believe in all of this? The more you learn about Jesus and what he actually came here for, do you believe in that? Jesus told us in one place, he said, if you continue in my word, you shall be my disciples indeed. It's not enough for us to believe he existed. We have to believe in the things that he taught. And he taught that sin is the number one killer in the world. More than heart attacks, stroke, diabetes, sickle cell, any form of cancer, any any of the the worst things we COVID-19, 20, 21, 22, any of any of that. The flu, uh, the flu is going rapid this year. Sin is more dangerous than the flu, but you know what, Melvin, we're taking vaccines for all these things. We're going to get our flu shot, our COVID shot. But how are we protecting ourselves against the number one, the number one killer in the world? How are we protecting ourselves against that? Do we believe what Jesus taught? So he said he came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. He came to save us from our sins. But in order to do that, we got to change something. That's what repentance is. Repentance is not just saying, hey, I'm sorry. Repentance is a true change. If your mind were actually sorry, if your heart, if you were sorry for something in your heart, you would not want to do it again. That's true repentance. So. I want to go show you this now in practice. We're going to run over. Let's run over to, um, let's go to the book of John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And let's pick up there. I believe I want verse 11, but we might go back. John 8. And... Yeah, we, we can go to, you know what, go go to verse, go back up really quickly, because this is a very familiar scripture, but I want to go up to verse 3, John 8 and verse 3, Mel. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. Mm-hmm. And when they had set her in the midst they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Mm-hmm. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? They brought unto him a woman who has sinned. The wages of sin is death. But Jesus came not to take life, but to give life. He came to save us from our problem. She has sinned. Sin is a problem. He came to save us from these problems, to give us the medication, to give us the information. You know, people say, when you know better, you'll do better. I believe that's partially true because some people know better and they still won't do better. But Jesus came to help us. So he's going to help this woman right here, even though she has sinned. So these people wanted to kill her, stone her to death. But now after Jesus dealt with them, we know he told him, look, he that is without sin. You know, drop down to verse seven so we can read that. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. The one who has no sin 
the one who has no death in them, no sin in them. He said, you throw the first stone, every last one of them. (laughs) They had sin in them. So none of them could throw the first stone. But now I want to drop down to verse 11 because this is why I came here. Because he's saving her from her sin. This is how he did it. This is her medication. This is our deliverance from sin. Pick up verse 11, Melvin. She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He said, I'm not condemning you. I'm not going to stone you right here and cast you into hell. You know, when people do wrong, that's the first thing so-called Christian people do. They condemn them and say, man, I hope they rot in hell. Let's kill them. That's what Christians do. But Jesus, see, if you believe in him, you got to adopt his thinking. You have to adopt his way of life. See, we really don't believe in Jesus when we really study it. Because if we did, we would not be so fast to wish someone to hell. We wouldn't do that at all. Because we know it's not God's will that any of us perish. That's why Jesus came to save us. So he looked at this woman's situation and she had sinned. But instead, of telling her her life is over. He instead gives her the medication. He instead gives her the plan for salvation. He says, I don't condemn you, but what I do have to tell you, and it's going to help you, he said, go and stop sinning. I'm trying to save you from your sin. That's what he came here for. Do you believe this, though? Do you believe I need to change how I live? Do you believe I need to stop sinning? I need to stop disobeying God. Do you believe in this? This is how you believe in Jesus. By adopting this way of thinking. We know, look, none of us start out this way. He knows. That's why he came to save us. Tony didn't start this way. Not, no one of us, not one of us started this way. But if we study the life of Jesus, this is what he came for. This is what he came for. So he said, go and don't continue sinning. So I ask you again tonight, do you believe in Jesus? Because this is what he taught. He taught not to continue doing wrong. He didn't teach us to say, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) And do it all over again. He said, no, don't do not go and sin again. He didn't tell her. Read read that verse. You know what? Go up to verse 10. And let's come back down one more time. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, why are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? After they all wanted to kill her, and after he showed them that every last one of them has sinned, they all left. So he asked her, but where did they go? He already knew they got out of there. Read for us, She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. But you know what's interesting? They brought her in there because of adultery. You know, adultery is just one form of sin. He did not tell her, little woman. Go and don't commit adultery anymore. He said, go and sin no more. See, this was his goal. It doesn't matter what sin it is. He doesn't want us to continue in it. 
It doesn't matter which one it is. Go and sin no more. You know, this is how people, I mentioned it earlier, this is how people try to save us. If we have uh, a heart condition, you know, or high blood pressure, whatever, and we can only eat certain foods, healthier food, they tell you, look, go, look, do not eat this type of meat. Don't be eating a lot of red meat. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. They tell you what to do to save yourself. This is the plan that Jesus came to implement. You know, uh, thinking of the thinking of um, politics, you know, if, if Jesus were running for president, <laughs> and initially before we found out what he actually believed in, you know, people would love to vote for Jesus. Until he started saying these type of things, you know, we'd be screaming out the same thing they said at his death. Crucify him. Crucify him. See, they did not believe in what he taught. They believed in his healing, his miracles. They believed in him feeding them, giving them shelter, whatever it is that he could give them. But when it came to what he actually taught, his teachings, they did not believe you. So I ask you again, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in his life's work to save us from our sins? This is what he came for. You know, I want to go to the book of uh, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, um, and I'll have to see which verse. I just know it's in well, 1 we John. Questions. Oh, go ahead. Um, Kiara asks, can you explain 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 and 8? All right, let's run over there really quickly. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll just read seven too. Uh, But if we walk in the light as as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Mm -hmm. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Mm-hmm. Is that the last verse there? Yep. Now, what I want to do is read that one more time for us, man. Read that one more time. Six or? Uh, uh, starting at six. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us all sin. If we say that we have no sin. So so what he's dealing with, he said, if we say that we have fellowship with him, we're in Christ and he's in us. And yet we're still walking in sin. And yet we're still, but we don't believe in him. If we say that we believe in him, he talked about in one place, he said they profess, they profess that they, look, we know God. We profess that we believe in him, but in works, we're denying him being abominable. If we say with our mouth, see, people have, have taught us, uh, preachers now, and it's sad to say, preachers have taught people for a long time now that all you have to do is say with your mouth, <laughs> confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for your sins, and you'll be saved. 
But Jesus himself said, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord. He said, they're not all going to be saved. It's those who do the will of my father, which is in heaven. So here he's dealing with the same thing. He said, if we if we say that we have fellowship with him, but we're still walking in darkness. One is talk, the other is action. You know, a lot of times people say that they're going to do things. Uh, sometimes people will ask someone for a favor and they say, yeah, I'll do it. And the whole time they didn't want to do it at all. <laughs> they say they will, but their action, they'll walk right away from that conversation and say, man, I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> say it, yet walk in darkness. He said, we're liars. So that's what we're getting at. Someone who's still walking in sin. Jesus told us in another place, I quoted it earlier. He said, if you continue in my word, his word tells us not to continue in sin. Jesus told that woman, he said, go and sin no more. Her job was to continue in what Jesus told her. She had to go and do it. She could not say, well, I don't have any sin. She could not say that, but then go out and continue sin. She could not say, hey, I'm going to stop and then turn around and go out there and continue in the sin. So that's what he's getting at. We have to not walk in darkness, not continue. See, walk is um, um, present tense. Walk is continual. We have to continue to live a holy life. Jesus came to save us from our sin. Jesus told us himself, he is the light of the world. We know he had no sin. We know he did not walk in sin. So if we're not walking in the light, what are we walking in? Which means if we sin, we're not walking in the light. There is no sin in him. Who are we walking in? What are we walking out? The darkness. So that's what he's getting at. People talking. People do a lot of talking. People fool us with all kind of talking. With uh, impressive words. They have have such an incredible lexicon. Impressive uh, vocabulary. (laughs) And so... People are willing to follow just because of some people's vocabulary. So many people are willing to follow them because we feel they're educated. But so I want to get back to what I was going to uh, run to, run over to First uh, John chapter 5. But that's what he's dealing with, the same topic we've been dealing with all night. You know, in, in fact, Jesus actually gave his disciples a parable about that. He talked about uh, one person who talked about how they would uh, uh, do the will of God. But afterward, they didn't do it. But another person said they would not do it, and they ended up doing it. Which one? Which one do we think was justified there? Which one did what God was looking for? The person who originally said that they would not, but they ended up doing it. So it's it's not about what we say. Now, that doesn't mean uh, what we say isn't important because we know the scripture also tells us we have to give an account for every idle word. But what's more important is what we do. He told us not to be hearers only, but doers of the word. So First John chapter 5, let's pick up. Uh, verse one here. Whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. Now, I won't have, I honestly don't have time to really deal with this lesson the way I wanted to. Um, but now, 
he said, whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. There's a verse here. I really was looking for this verse. Drop down the Drop down to verse four. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now, he told us earlier we have to believe in Jesus. We can overcome the world because we believe in him. There's another scripture. We won't have time to go and get it. He said all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. All that is in the world is sin. But we can overcome the sin that is in the world through Jesus. See, what I'm trying to tell you tonight, people have all kinds of problems. People have problems lying. People have problems with homosexuality. People have problems with pride. People have problems with any sin, any condition, any addiction, people have addictions to, to certain drugs, um, certain drinks, certain just things in general. We're addicted to social media. We have addictions to so many things. But you know what? We can overcome them all through Jesus. But it, we have to take the medication, though. We have to change our diet, though. We have to exercise, though. We have to do whatever he said is necessary. In my closing remarks, man, let's run over um, to the book of Acts 2 and 38 because I won't have time to really deal with this like I really want to. Acts 2 and 38, Jesus taught this now. Um, you know what? Yeah, now let's just stay here. Jesus taught this. In order to save us, from our sins. This is what he implemented. This is the medication. This is the medication, Acts 2.38, to save us from our sins, to help us to overcome these problems that we say, man, I was born this way, or man, I, this is the only life I know. This is what he implemented to help us to overcome. So read verse 38 for us, man. Then Peter said unto them, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Receive the Holy Ghost. Drop down to verse 40. And, when, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. This is how you save yourself. Repenting, Jesus told us to do that. He said he did not come to call the righteous, but he called, he came to call the sinners to repentance. This is what Jesus taught. And so after Jesus taught this, his followers, his disciples, the apostles, Peter, somebody called him the first pope, whatever we wish to call him, this is what he taught us. So they took those teachings and they said, you know what? I believe in this. And so they began to teach it. See, if we're not, if we're not teaching what Jesus taught us, it's because we don't believe in it. Because we don't believe in it. So Peter said, you can save yourself by doing this. This is how we're saved from our sin. This is the medication. This is the workout plan. This is the, the eating plan. This is everything we need right here. Now, there, there is more to the story than this, but this is what we need. This is the antidote. This is the vaccine. However you wish to put this, this is what Jesus came here for. He said, except I go away with the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, it won't come to you. We need the Holy Ghost. So I'll ask you in my closing remarks, do you believe in Jesus? Somebody after hearing this stuff, they said, man, I don't believe in that. I believe in you, but I don't believe in what you just said. What I've shown you is what Jesus said. It is not my words. So if you will not believe in what I'm telling you, it's because you don't believe in Jesus. 
not because I'm Jesus, but because I'm giving it straight to you as he said it. And I, I ran out of time tonight. I do apologize. Um, I, I really wanted to give this thing to you in a different way. But this is the way that it ended up going. But nonetheless, uh, to God be all the glory, Jesus came to save us from our sins. And so that means he did not want us to continue in them. I, I showed you plainly. He told the woman not to go and commit adultery anymore because they did not bring her because of sins. They only brought her because of the adultery. Jesus didn't even deal with the exact adultery. He didn't even deal with the adultery. If they had brought her for murder, he, he would not have dealt with the murder. If they brought her for any sin, for lying, for stealing, whatever, he didn't deal with that. He said, I want you to go and not sin again. I want you every day of your life to be trying to live a life without sin. And you know what? If a person is willing to say, I want to do that, he's going to give you something to help you. He's going to give you exactly what you need to overcome the world. That's the Holy Ghost. That's being baptized in his name. And that's his word. So I thank God for you guys. Um, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in what he stood for, his life's work? So at this time, I will turn it back into the hands of men. Thank you, guys. God bless. Thank you. Uh, we pray that you guys got something out of the message. We thank you guys for tuning in. Um, but uh, Tony asked it earlier, do we really think like Jesus? You know, and um, Isaiah says, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, neither are his ways. Our ways, as high as heaven is above the earth, so are his thoughts and ways above ours. Um, you know, we pray what we call the Lord's Prayer. And one line in there, it says, thy will be done. We're saying, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, meaning just like it is in heaven, because we know his will is being done in heaven. We want it to be done on earth. But um, Tony also mentioned earlier, we're, we're wishing people to go to hell. Um, I'm remembering the cop. We brought it up many times that mistakenly went to somebody else's apartment thinking it was hers and shot and killed the guy that was in there. And the guy's brother that died, um, he said he forgave the cop. I remember scrolling on Facebook when it was still relevant, seeing all the people saying, I will never forgive her for something like that. So I wish she rot in hell and stuff like that. We are, the, we are the same people that pray the Lord's Prayer, saying, God, we hope your will be done. But it's not his will for anybody to perish. And expect, especially with us, we don't want us to get punished for the sins that we did. You know, we can go and steal a penny, and I'm just trying to come up with something small from anywhere, piece of candy, but we would be just as guilty as that cop killing that innocent man in the house or in her apartment. You know, going back to John chapter 8, we had a whole Bible study surrounding that called Condemnation, Judgment, and Repentance. And a lot of people bring that up to try to justify their sins but they always leave off when Jesus told the woman to go sin no more. You know, we just need to believe in Jesus, think like him. That's why we call ourselves Christians, to be Christ-like. But the more we examine ourselves, you know, the more that we find we are not like Christ. But as I say in the beginning of every live stream, you know, this is another day. This is another chance, you know, to Get like him. Be baptized in Jesus' name. We covered one of the most famous scriptures, John chapter 3, verse 16. People say, all that I have to do is believe. You know, what do we have this big Bible for if all we have to do is believe? So believe what? Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. The gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. And let me say, be baptized in Jesus' name. We add that on there. So do we really believe in Jesus or do we just believe that he existed? So I think that um, all the comments that I saw, thank you guys for interaction, liking and sharing the video. 
uh, to Kiara, Casey Davis, and to Betty, Rosie, and Cynthia. Thank you guys so much. And as my weekly reminder to you guys, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a good message each and every week. We hope to see you guys there. And um, yeah, next week, Thanksgiving week, um, should be a good message then, then as well. So as I always like to say, Rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy, and again, count it all joy. There is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next week with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. Thank you once again for tuning in and have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. And try to stay warm out there. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Thank you.